<laughs> thanks for coming. Thanks for coming out tonight. Um, and tonight, like Bruno mentioned, we're going we're gonna to talk about us tonight. So we're just hanging out. Uh, we're going to talk about the well and uh, vision 2024. And uh, we're not going to do anything in, in terms of vision. We're not necessarily going to lay any, any new foundations or uh, any seriously new ground. But we're, we are going to recall the vision. Um, and, and the well is the college and career ministry of First Baptist Church, right? Uh, a lot of times we just say the young adults ministry for short, right? The young adults life group. Um, but tonight we're going to be talking about why the well, um, which is the title of, of tonight's message. Why the well? And when I say that, I mean why are we called the well? Uh, what, why the well? Uh, but also, why should you come to the well? Why the well? Why should you be here? Why should you be a part? Uh, so we're going to talk about that tonight. And I've been here for a while. Um, just Basically, just after the well was born as the well, uh, uh, I've been here pretty much since then, about a year after. And so before the well was the well, we're going to say that word a lot tonight. Um, and it'll, it'll even get more confusing to be great. Um, bef- before the well was called the well, it used to be called 640. Um, so as not to be confusing, because that was just the time that they met at 6:40. Um, so that's what they called it. Um, but it, but it also used to be more than that. It used to be the singles life group. Uh, so as soon as you got married, you got kicked out. You were gone, um, and that's how it used to be. And you may think that's how it is now, but it's not that way. Uh, we just recently had a bunch of people get married and leave, uh, go to other life groups, which is fine. That's cool. Um, but that doesn't have to happen uh, these days. We're just a young adults life group, uh, college and career ministry. So, but the, but the well uh, came to be called the well around 2009 uh, when Craig Warner was leading. And we actually, I remember when we used to meet in the barn there for a while. I don't know how long that happened. But, um, and so that was around 2009, and I graduated and joined the well about 2010. So I've been here since then. And uh, after Craig took over, I think it was Ryan Irvin, right after Craig, it, I believe. Um, and Ryan Irvin led, uh, he, was a, he was a pastor on staff for a long time, and um, he led the well for a long time. And then Matt Brocker eventually took it over. Uh, we're familiar with Matt. And Matt actually rebranded the well a little bit during his time. Uh, didn't change the name, we were still the well, pretty much the same vision, but rebranded the logo. I got the shirt here. The little, the little water drop guy that we got going on, that we rebranded to that. We used to be a literal symbol of a well. Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that forever. For all you artsy people, that's a W in the middle of my faded, faded water drop. It's like, it's like the shine, but it's also strategic. It's a W. Okay. Um, we're going deep tonight. So, <laughs> right. So, and then after Matt took over, we had Corey Vansickle. And then eventually you, you got stuck with me uh, and, and us. Um, right, right. And so that pretty much brings us to modern day, the well. And that's, so that's been about 15 years now uh, so that we've been called the well. And so why though? Um, we're gonna, why are we called the well? And so the name comes from a concept out of John chapter 4. And so you can go ahead and turn there with me. We're going to be camping out there tonight. And since it's a new year, uh, and it's been a long time since we've talked about, about this concept and the name, uh, it just seemed like it made sense to start it off um, re- recalling that vision and, and what we're about. 
And so uh, we are, we're going to look at this passage in John chapter 4 tonight, and we're not necessarily going to go verse by, by verse, but, but I would like to read most of it um, to get the story uh, in general so we can see the, the theme and the concept. So if you are with me in John chapter 4, we'll start in verse 3, and it says, And he, Jesus, left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but, him, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thine husband. In that saidst thou truly. The woman, said, saith, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye, kn- ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he would tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples, and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot, and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come, see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. And if you jump down to verse 39, it kind of wraps up. And many of the Samaritans of, of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. So Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Galilee, uh, doing their ministry, and Jesus wants to go through Samaria. Of course, the disciples don't think that's a great idea. They want to go around the culture of the day. They look down on the Samaritans, but Jesus is like, no, we got to go through. Um, so, so they're on their way through, and they come to a town called Sychar, where Jacob's well was. Uh, and it was about the sixth hour of the day. And time in the Bible can, can be confusing. 
Um, certainly the Bible, a day is still 24 hours. That's pretty normal. That's not confusing. Um, but, but if you think of a, a day in the Bible, uh, 24 hours, you can slice that in half and call it two 12-hour periods. 12 hours of nighttime, basically. 12 hours of, of daytime, of, of light. And so the daytime, the light would be like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. The nighttime would be 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Right, and so, and we know that, and certainly on the Jewish calendar, like the day starts in the evening, because in, in Genesis God created uh, all everything in Genesis one, and in the evening, in the morning, uh, you know, were whatever day. Um, but so when it says so, they were there in the sixth hour of the day. Think the the day, the daytime, right? And so if the daytime starts at six a.m., six hours later is noon, right? So it's like lunchtime. We're we're talking twelve p.m. So everybody's hungry. So the disciples go to town, they get, where they get to this well, and the disciples go to town to buy food. Jesus stays at the well, and the woman comes, they have a conversation that, that we read about, and, and her life has changed, right? And she goes and tells everyone she knows about Christ. And that's awesome. And, but before we really jump into our study, I do want to see an overarching theme of this passage, and, and that is worship. Uh, if you look at verse 23 again, Jesus, certainly God, he seeks worship from us. Verse, and verse 23 said, But the hour cometh and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. This woman and many of, Sam- of Samaria, they weren't worshiping Jesus. And that was the problem. And, and the Lord knew he had to go there to address that. And by the end, she and others were worshiping him. That's, and, and that's awesome. And that's worth taking note of for a couple reasons. First of all, of course, our lives should be about worshiping God, right? Everything that we do, it should be about worshiping him. So certainly, what we do here at the well should be, should be moving towards that goal as well, right? That, that's one reason we start each night with worship and praise and, and end each night frequently with that too. Um, but the other thing is, is the worship gets to the vision statement that Troy laid out for us in the fall of 2022. We went through a Why the Church series, and Troy, Troy laid out a vision statement for the mission of our church. And there were stickers. You, maybe you've got a sticker. Um, I d- I've got it on my notebook at home. I didn't bring it. But uh, the vision statement is this. It says, to worship God by making disciples who exalt his word, edify his body, and are equipped to evangelize the world. And since this is the vision statement for our church, and the well is a part of that, that vision is certainly integral to what we do here, right? In many ways, you know, a usual Tuesday night kind of looks a lot like a typical church service. Uh, and within that, that context, we kind of might look like a little mini church. But remember, we're just the young adults life group of our church that meet together. People, we're people that are trying to figure out college and careers together. So, as we talk about who we are, I wanted us to remember the overall vision of our church body and, and all of these things driving, worshiping the Lord as well. Uh, so before we dive into our sheet here, let's go before the Lord and ask him to teach us. Lord, we love you. Uh, we come before you and um, are, are grateful for who you are. Uh, we're certainly grateful that, uh, that you have come to this planet and pursued us. Uh, Lord, we were, we were your enemies. We weren't worshiping you. And, and you came uh, to reveal yourself to us and and you did it while you, we were your enemies, and, and we're so grateful for that. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for, for rising again victorious um, and reconciling us back to you. Lord, and, I, and, and thank you for giving us your word um, and helping us to understand your will. 
Uh, I just pray that as we open your word tonight, Lord, that, that you would be our teacher, uh, that you would convict us and, and change us to be more like you, and, and that pray that the well in 2024 could, could be greater uh, in your eyes and more used by you um, to accomplish your, your vision and your mission for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're talking about why the well, and certainly why the well, why we're called that, and why you should come, and a lot of that also has to do with what the well should be. And so we're answering those questions tonight. And so the first thing we're going to see about what, what should the well be, well, the well should be a personal source of water, a personal source of water. And this is going to get to the, the point of exaltation uh, from the, the church, the vision statement that we looked at. And obviously, a well is a source of water. Clearly, we saw that from, from our passage tonight. Uh, looking back in verse 6, they, were, they went to Jacob's well. That's where they were at, right? And in verse 7, there cometh a woman of Samaria. She came to draw water from the well. And Jesus is like, hey, give me to drink. Like the, the, you, all of this is with physical water. And uh, verse 11, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. This is a deep well. You, you, have to, you need something to get the water up out of it with. And verse 12, art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and he drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. So clearly, they're at a physical well, and they're talking about physical water. At least that's how the conversation starts. And so a well is a place that you go to drink water, right? Now, I know what you're thinking. We have a drinking fountain here, and you're welcome to come here and drink new Philly water, but that's not really what we're concerned with, right? That's not why we're called the well. I think you get that. There's more to it than physical water. (laughs) Jesus used the physical water to picture spiritual water, and that's why the woman in our passage is so confused at first. But as their conversation progresses, it's clear Jesus is talking spiritually. If you look at verses 13 and 14 again, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water, like from the well, the physical well, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So Jesus is offering spiritual water to this woman. And this is a common theme in the Gospel of John, actually. Uh, Later in chapter 6, In verse 35, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Which is similar to what he just told the woman, right? He said, hey, if you drink of my water, you'll never thirst again. And he he says here in John 6, If you believe on me, you'll never thirst. And later in that same passage in John 6, uh, it kind of wraps up with Peter, and he says, then in verse 68, Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. So by belief on Jesus, you can never thirst again because he has the words of eternal life and he offers them freely. So that's exactly what he told the woman at the well in John 4 is that you can never thirst again if you drink of this spiritual water or basically if you receive the words of eternal life and believe them that he's offering. So Jesus offers spiritual water through spiritual words. And Jesus is God, and he's also God's word. He is the eternal life. Remember our, our This is the Way series, the Mandalorian, uh, and, and John 14, 6, he's the way, the truth, and the life? Well, he is the life because he is the word. 
That's how the book of John opens up. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And farther down in chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word, capital W, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So of course it was Jesus who dwelt among us, right? Whose glory that, that we, mankind, beheld. Emmanuel, God with us, right? We just celebrated Christmas. That's what that, that's about. So Jesus is the word. Jesus is the life. So Jesus is the water. This is like Sunday school. What's the answer? Jesus, right? You, <laughs> of course. Well, that, that also means that the word is the water. And so Ephesians 5.26 shows us this. In talking about the church, it says that he, Christ, might sanctify and cleanse it, the church, with the washing of water by the word. So when it comes to the well in John 4, Jesus is offering spiritual water through his spiritual words. And when it comes to the well, our life group, see where this is going to get confusing. Okay, it's my hope that we can offer you guys spiritual water through the word of God. We want the well to be a source of spiritual water for all of you, a place that you can come to and hear the word of God. That's why we typically have a message each week. But not only do we want you to hear it, we want you to to drink it, right? We want you to take it in. We want you to learn it, to apply it to your life. To get to the, the vision statement that I mentioned, we want the word to be exalted in this place because you exalt it in your life and we exalt it from, from our conversation. We want it to be exalted here and among these people, among us. So this spiritual water of the word is going to be a part of what we do here. We exalt it. Now, I don't want to just tell you that. I mean, the, the point is that, that we implement that, right? The question is then, do you exalt God's word? Do you drink it? If I and the leaders weren't here each week, would this still describe the well? I hope that it would, but it, it shouldn't describe the well because of just the leaders. It should describe the well because of you guys, because of all of us. It, you have to personally be drinking the water of the word by believing it, studying it, and, and applying it in your life. And definitely the water that you get here, you should be applying as well, right? If you don't apply God's word, then you're not exalting it. And allow me to back up for a second. Maybe you're here and you're considering all this for the first time. Maybe all this talk of eternal life or spiritual water, maybe it's new to you. And if that's you, then, then you need to know that you can know for sure that you're going to go to heaven to be with God when you die. You can have eternal life with him. Jesus is the spiritual water and your belief in him is that deciding factor, right? So Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. And we, we know that we're all sinners. We know that we're imperfect. Uh, and that sin, that imperfection, separates us from a perfect, holy God. Uh, we can't attain unto him and his standards. We fall short in every way. And that separates us from him. He is the life, right? And so if we're separated from the life, that means we get death. That's in Romans 6.23, how it starts out. But it goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, so God offers eternal life through the gift of his son, like Christmas, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? And so that death that our sin earns us, Christ came and died for us, paid that for us so that so that, that wage could be satisfied and that we could be reconciled to God. And that's what Christ did. That's the good news of the gospel, 
that, and believing that, placing your faith on him, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10. So, so that is the living water that, that we're talking about. Um, and, and by believing that, accepting that, and faith in him, and you can live with him forever and eternity. And, and so in 2024, make sure that that's you. Make sure that you're applying the spiritual words that you hear from the well, and hopefully you're not hearing them only from one of us leaders. Again, if we don't have a message each week, man, the question is, would God's words be spoken in this place? So like if one of us leaders wasn't standing up here at a pulpit each week, would God's words be coming out of anybody's mouths here in this place? Would people come and go on a Tuesday night and God's words be spoken or would they not? I'm not necessarily talking about preaching from a pulpit. I'm, I'm just talking about spiritual water in your conversations here with each other. The well's not about me, Bruno, or Bryce. It's about all of you guys. And I want the well to be a personal source of water for everyone here as a result of everyone here. But I'm kind of getting into our next point. So, so we'll just dive into that. It's leading us into it. So what else should the well be? The well should be a positive source of community. A positive source of community. And this is going to get into edification, the edification part of the vision. We saw that the woman at the well in John 4 came there in the middle of the day. And she did that instead of drawing water in the morning or in the evening when it's cooler out. It, it seems like she waited until the heat of the day to go draw water out of the well. That's, that's kind of odd. Most people are going to go get the water earlier or, or, or later when it's cooler out. And since that's the case, most of the other women would have been at the well either earlier or later. Yet this woman was there alone in the middle of the day. The well should have been a, a, a regular place of community for most people. Because most people need to go get water. And they're not waiting until it's blazing hot to go do it. And the, the same townspeople need to go get the same water from the same place every day, right? There's, there would have been community in that journey and in that task. The same people at the same time every day. So why was she there at such an odd time? Uh, we don't necessarily know exactly, but from her conversation with Jesus, I think we can get some insight into a possible answer of why. And it seems like we can deduce that she had a rough life. If you look at verse 16 again, Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidst thou truly. It sounds like she had some sin in her life that probably affected her social life. And it's very possible that that could have been what was driving her to come to the well alone in the heat of the day. But of course, Jesus gave her the living water she needed, right? And she believed on him, and that's great. But we kind of talked about that in the first point. Uh, this second point, uh, the point is that the well would have been something that allowed for community. And, that, and she wasn't experiencing that. She should have been experiencing that, though. And so, so that is what we should be here. The well, our life group, should be a place of positive community. Through the commonality that we all have in seeking the water and coming here at the same time, the same day every week, uh, right? Not to mention Sunday mornings and all of the other things that, that we do regularly. We seek for the well to be a community of young adults navigating college and careers together through the commonality of Christ. And this gets to the vision of edification of the body. Like I was mentioning a few minutes ago, hopefully you grow as you hear the word here from us. But hopefully you're growing as you're investing in 
and encouraging and praying for, for one another here as well. As much as I want us all to be friends and to be able to play sports and boards ga- board games and shoot each other with Nerf guns or whatever we're doing, uh, as much as I want us all to share physical life together, I want us to be able to share spiritual life even more. So I pray that, that you don't come here and talk only about temporal and carnal things, but I pray that you come here and talk about spiritual things as well. This is what I was getting at when I was talking about you guys speaking God's words to one another. Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We should come here not only to see our friends and to have a good time, but to encourage and edify one another spiritually. Romans 14.19 says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things which one may edify one another. When's the last time you came here with that attitude? That you came to edify somebody? Or, or how often do you come here and leave here and don't have one spiritual conversation the whole time? I get it. Speaking to myself too. It's easy just to get caught up in, in the fun and in the physical life. And relationships are hard. They take work. And sometimes we're just feeling lazy. I get that too. But we need to put in the work to make sure the well can be a positive spiritual community of young adults that are growing together. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. While we're here, let's speak edifying communication to one another. Are we saying things that don't matter? Talking about temporal or carnal things? Let's talk about things that matter and be, and be edifying and be intentional with our, with our communication to one another. Let's give grace to one another as we need it. Let's submit to each other in love like Paul talks about in Ephesians 5.21. And look, I, I get it. Life happens. Life is hard. Sometimes we're down. When that happens, my prayer is that you come anyway and you allow the well to be a positive source of community in your life when you need it. Galatians 6, 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's what we should be doing for each other. And so if, if that's what you need, you should come and, and let us do that. We should be humble enough to allow each other access into our lives as it's appropriate so that we can do that for each other. And we should be willing to do that for each other and, and to do that work, right? We should do it here. We should do it anytime. That, that's what the well should do uh, and to be a community of brothers and sisters in Christ because that's what Christians do, right? So don't be afraid to ask for help and please don't be too selfish to give it. You know, maybe, maybe you're down, and I, I pray that you don't feel like you have to put up a wall to come here. Uh, you don't always have to put on a smile to come. Uh, sure, it's nice, but uh, you need to be you. You need to be real. Uh, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be fake. Don't feel like you have to put up a wall to come here. And I pray that we aren't people that make people put up walls to come here, but that we accept them as they are, in the way that they are. Romans twelve fifteen says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. I pray that the well can be a place where you're comfortable enough to rejoice when, you, when you, it's worthy to rejoice in your life and to weep when you need to weep in your life and that you will weep with others when they need to weep when they come here. Let's be people like that. Maybe you're dealing with sin and don't let that drive you away from this community. It, it drove the woman in the well away from community. Don't be like her. Don't let sin drive you away. That's what it does. Don't let it. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, 
but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So when we find each other struggling, we know what the right response is, right? It's Galatians 6.1. It's brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. We need to give grace and to work towards restoration. We need to be forgiving one another and submitting to one another. The well needs to be a community of young adults that are humble all the time, that are always seeking the truth together, and that are always seeking reconciliation. If we always do that, then we'll be in the right place. We'll be the right place. We'll be the community that we need to be. I pray that the well can truly be that type of place because we're that type of people. So come to the well. Be here every Tuesday. Join us on Sunday mornings. We usually sit down towards the front. Join us on on prayer nights as we pursue the Lord together. Jump in. Be a part of this community. Share life with each other. This is a college and career ministry. Share those experiences with each other. I know like half of you work together at Provia. So, you know, you're already doing this. This is great. Good job. (laughs) And in terms of the vision and of community uh, in the well for 2024, the leaders and I would like to give you a little more opportunity to be a community here on Tuesday nights. So we're going to simply hang out more on Tuesday nights this year. Uh, right now, the plan is that, that every month that has five Tuesdays in it, that, that fifth Tuesday is just going to be a hangout night, a community night, if you will. And most likely, uh, it'll, it'll probably stay that. We'll see. We may move it around as we need to, but uh, January has five Tuesdays in it. So the last Tuesday of the month is, I believe, the 30th. Uh, so we'll, we're just going to be hanging out. It's a community night. And so I, I pray that you guys will make those a priority. Um, don't just say we're not doing anything. This is intentional. Uh, come here and, and make it a priority. Be intentional uh, to experience this community with each other. So please make it a priority to, to be there and, and make it a priority to share spiritual life while you're here as well, not just physical life. So that's what the well should be. We should be a positive source of community. And the last thing that the well should be, number three, a powerful resource of water. And this is going to get towards the evangelization part of the mission, part of the vision. Now, normally, when you go, I guess we don't, but when someone would go to a well to draw water, uh, you take it home with you to be shared with your family, right? That's, that's definitely the appropriate application for us tonight to make. Not only is a well for your personal thirst, it's a resource to be able to share water with others. That's the goal. But since we've been following this woman in the well, let's, let's take a look one more time exactly what she does. If you look back in verse 28, it says, The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. And again, verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So the woman is so excited that she doesn't even take her physical water with her. That's why she came. But she leaves it, and she goes and tells everyone about the Lord. And she even brings them to him. And many of the people believed on him as a result. That's a win. 
So she took the spiritual water that she received and gave it to others. That's the goal. And since Jesus, the well of eternal life, was there, she brought them to him. He was the resource of spiritual water that she used to reach them. So obviously, this gets to the vision in terms of evangelism. And so with evangelism in mind, the idea is twofold. One, the well should be a source of water that you can draw from and take to others. Our first point tonight was about drinking water yourself. But once you're filled, you should overflow to others. And two, the well should be a resource for you, for your personal evangelistic ministry. I pray that the well can be a place that you can bring those two that you're trying to reach, that you can bring those two that need spiritual water. And of course, evangelism should be a normal part of our lives. We have the water of eternal life, and yet people are still dying and going to hell. We must give them that water. That's why we're still here. Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. What promise? The promise of his coming. He's not slack concerning the promise that he's coming, as some men count slackness. But here's why. Here's why it seems like that. Why people think that. Why is he waiting? But he is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants more people to be saved. That's why he's dragging this thing out. That's why he's tarrying. So we have a job to do. And, and let's not make him wait in vain. He's left us here as his ambassadors to represent him to the world. Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. He said, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath, notice, committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. So let's get on it. We have the word, the water of reconciliation. So when's the last time you share the gospel? When's the last time you had a spiritual conversation with a friend, a classmate, or a coworker? When's the last time you invited someone to the well, or a well event, or a Sunday service? Let's be diligent and intentional in 2024 to pray for opportunities, open doors, and boldness. Let's pray that we can get folks here in 2024 that need to hear the gospel. I pray that the well can be a powerful resource to you for your personal evangelistic ministry. And if it's not, I want to know how it can be. If you've got ideas, please communicate them to me or one of the other leaders uh, so that we can, we can learn how we can do better, how we can better help you reach others, and that, that the well can be a part of that and strategic in that way. And, and now this is kind of the first, the first part of this last point uh, about the well being a resource. It's, it's actually twofold. Everything we talked about so far is my vision for what the well is for you in a way. But however, there, there is slightly more to it than, than only being a resource for you for evangelism. I do want the well to be that. But I already mentioned that, that we're simply a life group here as part of FBC, right? Each of us is a part of the well, yeah. But with that in mind, my greater desire is for each of us to be a part of our church. So a big part of this last point and a big part of my vision for the well is that the ministry of the well can be a powerful resource to our church. Our Cer Certainty Conference this past year was about the next generation. 
here we are. You guys are the next generation here in the next gen center. Look at this building. Listen to what it's named. Our church invests heavily in its kids' ministries. It invests heavily in us, and a lot of us here have had the privilege of growing up in these ministries. And as the young adults in in college and career ministry, certainly our church still invests heavily in us. Don't you think, you know, if you've come up all the way through these ministries, don't you think our cup, it's pretty full by now? Like, when is it that our church... Can, that we call home can start to reap the benefits it's been sowing into us all these years? When is it that we can start to contribute to the ministries and the mission and the life of this church? The time is now, 2024. Personally, I pray that the well can be a powerful resource to feed FBC with the next generation of faithful, serving, giving, disciple-making, evangelizing church members. When I led the Well Worship Team, it was always my vision that that, that could be a stepping stone to the, to the main Sunday morning worship team. And in many cases, it has been. Praise the Lord. But I want to be clear and open with you all. It's, it's my vision that the Well could be a stepping stone to your involvement in our church. Young adults are perfectly poised to be chief servants in our body, whether it's the worship team or the tech team, the awareness team, the counting team, whether it's in childcare or counseling in Ignite or in, ex- or in Extreme, uh, well, high school and, and middle school, whether it's the mowing team, the snow shoveling team, the stage crew, the coffee shop, ESL, whatever it is, I pray that those ministries could be full of young adults from the well. That's important. We're in the next generation. As I was listing off those ministries, Think of some of the people that, that come to mind that are always in those ministries, the people that always lead those. And now consider, in, in the next decade or two, if the Lord tarry, who is going to be leading those ministries? Will it be any of us? I'm not saying you've got to be a leader there now. I'm just saying you should be a resource to those people now. That's how it starts. Let's be servants of Christ, and by extension, servants to his body, which is our church. I desire the well to be a powerful resource of water, both to your personal ministry of in evangelistic efforts and to the, the ministry of our church. So by way of conclusion, Isaiah 12, 2 and 3 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. I really pray that you can draw water out of the wells of salvation with joy because of your relationship with Christ and that all of us can. And I hope that the well can be a part of that in your life. And I hope that coming here on Tuesdays isn't a drag for you, but that this can be a valuable source of water and community in your life. And if it's not, you should invest time into it and put your heart here and make it that. I hope in 2024 that that you can be more a part of this community than you ever have been and that we as a life group can be a a closer-knit community of believers that follow Christ genuinely and more seriously than we ever have. And I pray that the well can be a real resource to you as you seek to win your friends this year. Let's make sure that the well is that kind of place this year. All of us have a role in that, right? Let's commit to that, amen? 
Amen. Cool. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I, I thank you for this place. I thank you for these people. Um, I thank you for, for this church uh, and the investment that, that I've received um, as a result of being here. Uh, I'm so grateful. I don't know where I would be uh, without this church, Lord. And I know that you desire to be our lives, and yet uh, we are your body. And so this body is, is a part of my life and a part of our lives. And, and I pray that that's ever more true each and every day. And, and certainly looking into this year, I pray that, that it can be more so true and that, that we find our identity in you um, and that we can come to the well and, and outpour uh, your word and the words of, of life that you offer us to each other. Uh, and that that can drive our community together uh, to, to be more in your image, Lord, and that, that we can use this place as a, as a resource to bring our friends, to bring our family, that they can come to know you, um, and that we can come here and learn and be better equipped uh, to go out and tell them as well. Uh, Lord, I pray that the well could be an integral part of, of our church um, and what you want to do through First Baptist Church of New Philly, Ohio. Lord, thanks for letting us be a part of it. Thanks for everybody that's here and that's faithful to come. I pray that, that we could move forward together this year and that ultimately that we could worship you and that, that worshiping you would be a driving factor of all of these elements and all of these things that, that we've talked about tonight. Uh, we want you to be glorified. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.